You've now locked into Living Blessed, the podcast, where we're talking the highs, the lows, the darkest moments that we've all hidden from the world, and everything in between. This is the moment of truth. This is why we're living blessed. And now, your host, Jovan J. Palmer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Living Blessed, the podcast. I'm your host, Joe Von J. Palmer. As always, we got special people on the podcast sharing transparent and vulnerable moments. I got my guy. Look, I feel special because you said I'm special. Oh, you are special. Ah, I appreciate you that, You're a very dog. special guy, and they better find out why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. My guy. Special. I don't know what to call you. I'll call you Feature Jose first or... Jose. Featuring Jose, a.k.a. Jose Bennett. What's uh, up, brother? How you, you know feeling? I'm saying? Black dude with a Spanish name. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Not playing any games today. <laughs> Word, man. How you feeling today? You man, feeling? feeling good. It's a little, it's a little humid outside. Oh, you know what I'm sure. saying? All Sneezing day. just a little bit. <laughs> Sneezing just a little bit. Absolutely. But um, yeah, it's feeling good. Feeling good, 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 man. Well, uh, let's get into the podcast, man. Tell the people about yourself. Yep. What you, what's your name, man? Yep. What you do? Where you from? Yep. And we're gonna jump into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jose, black dude with a Spanish name. I am a personal brand director as well as a course creator. Um, so I create signature high value courses. I always say I make like the whole, the Rolls Royce of courses out in this space. Here's the but goat. before even that, we build out that personal brand. I always say it always starts with the brand. Mm-hmm. I tell my people I am the brand. And once you understand who you are as a person, then you can understand who you are as a brand. And then you understand as far as the market and, and the people you are supposed to attract as well as the people you're supposed to create impact and transformation for. So that's where I am. Father of five. Uh, come from Maryland, you know what I'm saying? The DC area, DMV stand up. up. Moved by way now of ATLs of what, 15 months? I've been 15 months. People think I've been here for like seven years. That's because you always on the scene. I, I definitely on the scene, but I'm strategic about the scene because I don't be out. I oh, stay, sure. I stay in the house. <laughs> like, for that is true for I sure. I do stay in the house, like for real, for real. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I've been loving it out here, getting a mix and mingle. You got to mm-hmm. think throughout COVID is when most of my my relationships grew you got to yeah. think via clubhouse shout out to even dave shans um put me in the mix with a lot of different people he was like the catalyst of being able to touch the people who i'm already working mm-hmm. with and then i was like all right well let's come out here and show face um started out you know in the space of photo and video for the good dr eric thomas uh, my team deeper than the brand we handle everything that you ever see in regards to eric thomas the brand the in the out everything in regards to stream execution all the companies everything you see via et is through us so being able to 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 work within that company and that culture has been high value to me in these past what six seven years it's been that long yeah 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 and i don't even seen that long it feel longer for real yeah, for real. yeah but like i'm fully engulfed in this and that's why i talk about i am the brand it's also about the brands that you align with. Right. Right. So being in alignment with a brand, there's a certain aspect, there's certain characteristics, there's certain values that come with that. Right. Because you're attached to that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. got to make sure that in that level of attachment that you are upholding the brand as well. For sure. Yeah. 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 That might have been the longest intro I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> and look, here's the crazy part. And I talk about this on a lot of podcasts. Uh-huh. I don't do like intros or resumes. Like, for real, I really don't like that. I mean, your courses kind of speak for itself because... They, they do. I got Jason's course, and that joint is crazy. Man, I appreciate it's, it. Like, it's simple. It's straight to the point. Yeah, yeah. It's not anything exaggerated, so it's easy to get through. It's yep. easy, easy to consume and digest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. And that's all strategic in regards to the courses and the brands that I build. Yeah. Um, learning from my, my coach, CJ, and seeing what he did with Eric Thomas. Uh-huh. But the reason why I say I don't like resumes is because... 
to be honest with you, like even what my coach says to me and I tell to my people is like nobody cares. That is true. Nobody cares about you until you do something for them. So the other work that I did for everybody else, that's great. The the other courses that I built for everybody else, that's great. The other brands that I built for everybody else is great. Mm-hmm. But I have if I haven't added any value to you, you could care less. It's Absolutely. almost like jumping into that new relationship. Yeah. And you talk about why I used to <laughs> I used to rub her feet and do bubble baths, but did you do it for me? Like mm-hmm. what are you doing for me lately? Right. You know right, what I'm right, saying? Right, right. So before all of this, yep. before Deeper Than the Brand, before working with ET, yep. who is Jose outside of the brand? Outside of the well, and see that's the crazy part. The there's no outside. Mm. The, just, the, you're just consumed the, and just like if we have this microphone right here. Yep. This is all Jose. This is all Jose. What and you're so gonna get every time is what you're gonna it, get. It took me a while to recognize this. I learned this. I used to work uh, retail for mm-hmm. the past 17 years. Right. Um, before jumping into entrepreneurship within the last, what, now we're talking about eight years. But um, prior to that, 17 years I spent in retail from Circuit City, for those who know what the Circuit City is, <laughs> yeah, to car sales for two months, to AT&T, and then 13-year stint at uh, Verizon. Where I was a years? yeah, I was a sales rep and went to management, went back to a sales rep, and then went back to management and then upper management. And then the last year they created a job for me, which was almost like they called a senior analyst or ops. But what it was is I was a liaison between the CEOs, upper management, middle management in the stores and employees, as well as the consumers. So one of the things that I would implement is engagement with, with the team. We had our own internal social media that I had to, to run. I had uh, roughly 600 employees at the time, mm-hmm. um, 44 Samar stores across the, the DMV area. And I had to go through and just drive engagement. It was different things that I would do. It was different contests that we would have. A couple of things that I even put into place. If you see them even now with somebody with VZW on their Instagram, I had started that. And the main reason that was is to say, hey, you know what? You have an insider at, at, at um, Verizon. So it's almost like, yo, I got a guy. Yeah. You know, yeah, everybody, yeah, got yeah, a guy? everybody got a guy? Yeah, I got a guy. Here's the easy way I can share it with you. Mm-hmm. So I had people who would actually take their own Instagram personal ones or create a new one and put VZW. But the thing about it, my, my area director, he was the one who took the credit for it. But these were just one of the ideas that I would create to drive engagement. So I say all that to say, it took me a while to recognize, even in this space as I'm teaching it, that I was always doing it, mm, right? Okay. So once you understand who you are as a brand, then now you understand what you bring to the market, right? So as a sales rep, there's 25,000 people that was in Verizon that worked as sales reps, right, mm-hmm. across the nation. Usually every month I'm in as far as the top five, top ten. Not right. trying, yeah, right? And the main reason I found out that is that I'm selling the same products as everybody else. The same marketing as everybody else, the same cell phones and accessories that's on the floor, the same products and services, same insurance. Yet at the same time, I had people who would wait an hour to two hours just to come see me. Right. And so they would come to see me. I'm talking about going, getting Dunkin Donuts and saying, no, I'm here to see Jose going back to get Popeye sitting on the couches in there relaxing. And when they got to me, they would spend more money than if they went with Jeffrey. Or if they went with Sandra because they knew the experience. And I noticed that, okay, there's something, Jose, you're doing differently to everybody else. For me, it was innate. It was a gift. It came Mm -hmm. easy for me, yet harder for most. But then as I got into this brand coaching, I was like, oh, okay, there is a strategy. There's a a specific thing. I always break it down on who are you, what do you do, who do you serve, and how are you different? 
that's the the the, the top tier of it. Once I understand that, I understand what I'm bringing to the market. I understand who I'm serving. I understand what I do. I understand how am I different. And the main reason that how am I different, definitely in this space, you could have people doing the same thing as you. Once I understand that I'm different in the space, there's no such thing as competition. Mm. It literally becomes a point of straight collaboration. Yeah. Because I understand I do something different than you. Now, if there is somebody who does the exact same thing as you, you that means you need to niche down. And once we niche down, we kind of figure out that thing and it becomes you. So, and I say all that to say, just to go back to your original one, I don't care if I'm in a church house. I don't care if I'm in a business meeting. I don't care if I'm in a podcast. I don't care if I'm teaching on stage. I don't care where I'm at. I'm still going to be, I could be on the street corner. This is what you're going to get. I do say there's times where you become a caricature yourself though. Hmm. Right. And so what I talk about in regards to being a caricature yourself, you know, when you go to the boardwalk, you see them drawing the pictures or whatever. Yeah. If you got a big forehead, shout out to my big forehead people. That's why I wear my hat. I got a huge forehead. I ain't going to lie. It is what it is. But if you got a big forehead, they <laughs> accentuate that joint. You got a big chin. They accentuate the big cheeks. They accentuate the big ears. They make them bigger. So what happens is once you understand what you do good in the space, you accentuate it and you become a caricature yourself. And it's almost you on steroids or you on 10. So every time you show up, you can be that person because it's you. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times people find out or they feel that understanding who they are is the hardest thing. But I say it's the hardest yet easiest thing at the same time. Because once you figure out who you are, you know how you're going to show up. And you can show up like that all the time. <laughs> so my question for you now. Yeah. Has it always been easy showing up as Jose? You know, sometimes in life, people are timid because of tragic situations that's happened to them. And mm -hmm. kind of like it's, it's hard for them to kind of like step into the role of who they are. Yep. Has, has it been easy for you? Nah. And even to the point now, to be honest with you, there is um, it's hard even now being quote unquote Jose. Mm. Right. And the main reason that is, is I have a lot of people come to me, whether it's for advice, whether it's on the spiritual, whether it's on the personal, whether it's on the branding, whether it's on the courses, whether it's on the social media. So people to come to your advice. And I always say you got to get into a space of also showing that level of vulnerability. Mm. And the main reason if you do not show that vulnerability, you're looking like Superman. You're looking like a superwoman. And so when you're in need, the people ain't going to come to help. Right. And the main reason that is because, oh, you got it together. And I'm quick to say, hey, I do not got it all together. I'm in therapy. I'm like, yo, I've been through as far as the, the, the most, the, the hardest tragedies and things of that nature. And it became a place where it was like, okay, I have to show it. Have I showed it enough? I don't believe so. Hmm. Right. And the main reason that is I've noticed that I've had people come back to me. It was like, yo, I would never ever get to a space of giving you any type of advice because I feel like you got it all together. And I was like, light bulb moment. Light bulb moment. Ah. Light bulb moment. Yeah. And so now um, that's why I do stuff like this. That's why you got to think, a lot of my tragedy and the pains, a lot of times it couldn't be spoken on the stages for branding and personal development. It just didn't match. Yeah, it just it couldn't. <laughs> I, I, I think about it like this. My coach CJ used to always say, everything is tied up in the story. And so I'm the king of stories now. Oh, for sure. You know what I'm oh, saying? Definitely. I'm the king of it. But it was my Achilles heel also. Huh. Main reason is I could get on stages. I could get on podcasts. I could get on webinars. And I could teach. Practical. For boom, sure. boom, 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 boom. All day. Easy. Right? Stories, the only thing I could think of was tragedy. 
Mm. Stories, the only thing I could think of was five kids, four baby mamas, my youngest child dying of cancer at five years old. These are the only things that would literally resonate with me. And I was like, yeah, no, I can't talk about that. That ain't. That ain't got nothing to do with branding. That ain't got nothing to do with courses, social media, content. It don't got nothing to do with that. So I can't. But then I started to notice that there's stories all around us. It's, everything is a story. Everything is. I talk about now. My big baby toe that I messed up my toenail. Big I, baby toe. My big baby toe next to the big toe that I messed my toenail. But I break it down into niching down what you do in the space. Because I was talking about, yo, I will pay somebody $10,000. You can help me with my big baby toe nail next to the toe, right? I'm big on talking about that. Main reason that is because the pain that I'm dealing with, mm -hmm. right? And it's something that every person on here, whether you're a coach, whether you're an author, whether you are somebody in the space of mentorship or somebody in the space of training or consultation, that you have, that somebody needs your help and it's specific, right? And so... Just using the toenail joint, yeah. I could go to what emergency room for, sure. for pain because you know, I'm working out now. When I run, that thing be hurting. It be like, ah, oh. you know what I'm saying? I can go to emergency room. Next, uh -huh. I could go to maybe a patient first or urgent uh -huh. care. Yep. The next, then they're gonna say, all right, no, you got to go to your general practitioner. All yeah, right, cool. Yeah. Go to general practitioner. He look at it. Oh no, I gotta go to the podiatrist. Okay, cool. Most people will stop there. But the podiatrist does what? They they deal with the ankle, the foot, the the skin, the, the it, bone, yeah. everything on there. Even when there. I had plantar fasciitis, again, I'm a runner. Not a runner, runner, but I'm a runner. Yeah, yeah. I used to wake up and I would hit the ground and my, my arch would hurt like I don't know what. That's a different pain, though, than my big baby toenail next to the big toe. Right? I need somebody who's going to handle that. And I would give them five. I would give them ten. And so what happens is when you discover your level of mastery, then we try to get down even more because what happens is there's there's somebody who needs you. And a lot of times if we don't figure out who we are, the people won't be able to find us. Hmm. Right. And we don't figure out who we are as a brand. We don't figure out the pain that we actually alleviate, the, the, um, the desires that we actually fulfill. Then what happens is that people who that those people who are searching for us, they won't find us. And it's life or death. Yeah. yeah. It's life or death. I don't care what you do podcasting you're an author like there's somebody that is looking for you and if you're not showing up in your purpose it's life or death for them <laughs> i know we're starting this early yeah you know, <laughs> you know it is what it, again I'm just right. just being me you mentioned <laughs> a lot of things i'm trying to figure out what's my next question hey, i got a bunch of them now yeah, all right so go. you mentioned five kids one passed away yep Four different moms. Yep. Go into all of that. Yeah. Does, yeah um, go into all of that and then tell me how does that tie back into the brand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things I always talk about, I was uh I wasn't a good dude. Mm. Right? Now intent and intention intentionality, I think I I always did stuff with a high level of intentionality. There was always the spirit with me. But I wasn't the best dude. I, I had codependency issues as far as women, mm. right? There were certain things that happened when I was a child that that brought me to a space where I always had to be. It's one thing to do is be like, yo, I love women. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we yeah. all have that. Oh, you know sure. what I'm saying? But no, not even for the, the intimacy, intimacy or the sex, I had to be around them. Mm. I was never a mom's boy either. My mom took care of me and everything. I was always um, in that space where I had a healthy relationship with her. But because of those other situations, I had to be around women. So what would happen is I'd be in a relationship. I call myself a serial monogamous. 
<laughs> right? So serial monogamous. I got into a relationship. I'm thinking this is one and done. We're going to the moon. For sure. You do something wrong, though. I'm like, all right, bet. I will hold it in, not say nothing about it. But I would justify my actions as going somewhere else with another young lady based off of what you did. It just so happened that I might have got a child out of it. Okay. So it was a lot of different back and forth type situations because, again, you did me wrong. I would, my biggest thing was never to do wrong first, but I was going to get even. I was, ooh, I was a vengeful. So it's pretty much they do something wrong for you. So you're, you're cool. Once you're in, when you're in the relationship, everything's cool. Yep. But as soon as they do something wrong, as far as what? Step borderline, the- borderline cheating or in a space of mm-hmm. that or entertainment, to let's say, because a lot of times I stayed, right? Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, okay, now you just gave me a hall pass or I'm putting this in my back pocket. So if I did do something, I was like, well, you did. I was quick to point the finger back. Mm. This was the issues that I had. And that's because I didn't learn me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm now 15 years removed from this space of this version who I was but this was an innate thing that I dealt with right and so that's what what happened was I had young ladies like all right cool you did me wrong I'm going over here I might have had a kid over here okay you know what you did me wrong I'm going over here and I had a kid over here okay and to be totally honest and transparent it probably would have been a lot more kids think so because of you know some of them we had to make sure that you know it just wasn't the time so, you know, we didn't go towards that, that journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it would have, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so, going forward, mm. it, um, I'm actually working on a book. And I ain't going to lie. I've been working on this book for about 10 years. Yeah. Right? Um, it's called System Not Built for a Good Dad. System Not Built for a Good Dad. Yep, yep. So, I'm on that. I'm huge on making sure as fathers we are there for our children. You know what I'm saying? Doing what you can. Well, what will happen is a lot of times that I notice if I wasn't in full-on, full-blown relationships with the women of my children, not all the time, but for the most part, there was always some discourse or a wall being put up. So, in other words, if I was slanging the meat, like I always say, then I'm good. I'm, yeah. I'm with the kids or whatever, whatever. You know, everything is straight. We mm. doing doctor's visit, we doing this, that, and the third, but then I pull away from that for whatever reason, then, okay, yeah, there's a boundary or a barrier up. Then, because of this barrier, it's like, okay, well, I'm taking you to court. But then, now we're going to court, right? And it's not really battling me now, it's battling the other mothers. So, the system, right, they're on a first-come, first-serve basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where it is in regards to, and it's kind of hard for me to, I don't usually engage in this type of conversation. Matter of fact, I haven't engaged in this type of conversation in about 10 years because every time somebody talk about it, I kind of, because it's real life for me, right? And it's still triggering. But one of the things is, um, it's like a first come, first serve basis as long as uh, the whole team is around it. What do I mean? It could be a young lady who goes up and I'm a foul. Maybe it's a filing fee, maybe they set away uh, for free. Well, one person to start it, but it's 80 other people now who is involved with it that you're battling against. Mm. I got crazy stories to the point where at first they looked at me like a number. And then afterwards, they're like, yo, all right, you you want some breakfast or something? They rubbing my back because they hearing the story now like, oh, this is real for you because they dealing with so many people, so many fathers, so many deadbeats. But then when they hear the certain story, I had one time where um, I'm on child support and. 
by one of my my children's mom had actually took it off right cool got mad at me some months later put it back on i didn't know i'm still paying out still doing the daddy thing and everything like that and i received a letter in the mail that said mr bennett you owe ten thousand six hundred eighty three dollars and thirty four cents if you don't pay it by this amount you're going to jail and i was like yo you know i've been paying you know i've been doing what i'm supposed to do as a dad i need you to rectify the situation like, oh, okay i will telling the other young lady who put it back through she didn't move i'm getting more letters i'm getting more letters i'm getting more letters they're like yo you got 30 days now now mind you this was a uh six month type thing that i'm yeah. dealing with got to the last 30 days and i'm thinking they about to come knocking on the door so i wrote the letter for her. i said yo just sign it she's like okay i'll sign it mind you she know i was supposed to you know it was supposed to be signed she waited literally to the last week to actually sign the joint and send it off and they they rectified it and and they got it off of the 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 records or what have you but the fact that's one of multiple things i've had other time where my me and my brother our social is not even the same but he was on unemployment some time back and they garnished his check so i'm paying man mind you i'm still paying up for my kids my brother got his thing garnished right my mom pays for him. Now I got to pay my mom back. Still paying what I'm still paying over here. I call the people. They like, yo, well, we gave it to the mom. That's on her to give it back. Okay. I hit her. She's like, well, they messed up. So you got Now, mind you, at this time, too, every check mattered. Every dollar mattered. Because in the system, they could take up to 60% pre-tax. How much? Up to 60% pre-tax. Now, don't get me wrong. At Verizon, remember, I was top. Yeah, yeah, but still. I was doing pretty good. I was doing between 90 strong, six figures, some years. It was, you know, it was easy. It wasn't even me trying. Mm -hmm. So I would walk into the different offices. I'm dressed up because, again, I got to go to work. They got some dudes in there that ain't even got no jobs. They walking out happy, elated, paying $50. I'm myself. It's like, oh, yeah, on this one, you're going to, one child, mind you, out of five to five, you're going to be paying 1400 1400 some odd. One. A week? Not a month, a month, a month. You know what I'm saying? Again, fourteen hundred dollars. Now, mind you, I still got four others, <laughs> and it's based off again. Let's do the math. It's it's based off of, uh, of course, my income, their income. What's the the fees? What's childcare? Who puts in first? You get the remainder, and they just keep on taking. So, the reason why I'm writing the book, system not built for a good dad, it is only meant for the good fathers who are trying to be there. This ain't for the deadbeats. This ain't for the ones who ain't trying to be there for the kids. This ain't the ones who run it out. This is for the ones who literally, I stressed and put everything on hold. My life on the line as far as my kids, like equally. Mm. And it's one of the things where on one, okay, well, you probably getting the most money because again, first come first serve based off of the system. Now I got to give this one more time, right? This one, probably more resources. And then you're one person while you're still trying to work a full nine to five that is retail that they don't give you no real hours. Right. But to make sure that you're living now, you're working every day or 10 hour days. And then on some of the days, right, I'm going to pull off a 12 hour day. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just so you can make sure that you're living. But at the same time that you're missing games, you're you're missing recitals and or you're missing graduation. There's a lot of things that you were missing because it becomes this catch 22. But I'm big on taking responsibility and accountability. This, like my mom said, this is the bed that you made. You got to lay in it. For sure. She also say, if you go on pay for class, you might as well learn a lesson. So these were the lessons that I've learned in this space. And I'm like, OK, how do I get through? It was high level stress, high level pain, high level um, just animosity. 
And then to the fact where my youngest daughter who, who passed away had Burkitt's lymphoma. Yeah, what? Burkitt's lymphoma is a childhood cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole nother story. But even at that point, when I say I was a dirtbag, her mom was married at the time when we had her. And again, I knew it was wrong. But at the same time, this is what I wanted, mm-hmm. you know. And so I say all that to say. After her passing, it was like, all right, the Holy Spirit set me down. I was like, yo, Jose, this ain't about you. This is not about you. Matter of fact, um, I believe in my heart of hearts, regardless of anybody say, I say, God won't give you more than you can handle, but karma will give you exactly what you deserve. Mm -hmm. Right. And so now if you ever see me from that date, December 8th, 2014. Everything that I do, every person I come in contact with, I'm planting seeds of positivity. Always. I'm talking about high-level positivity. I'm, I'm always trying to feed into people. I'm always, and the main reason is mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I can't afford something like that to happen again. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? That was like the, the worst of the worst pain that you could ever feel. And I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. So I'm going to make sure at least I'm going to do my part to make sure anybody I come in contact with I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing right in regards to them. And so that's why I've always been feeding, even to a point if I'm empty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yo, you can't pour from an empty cup. Well, I tried mm. thousands of times. I'm, I felt like, and it's a catch-22 also, I felt like it was giving me, it was filling my cup when I was empty and still pouring into others. Yeah. So... In theory, now look at it. It's like, okay, yeah, you really can't pull. You were on fumes. You, you're stressing out and things of that nature. But at the same time, it did give me a sense of purpose. To like, yo, let me let me at least help you through this because I, I I couldn't help myself. I wasn't mm-hmm. doing therapy. Didn't have many people I could talk to. People just didn't really understand at the time. There was a couple things, um, and I found solace in probably in other women too. I always say like Nas said, I ain't no, I ain't got no game. It's just some women understand my story, right? <laughs> so with that being said, it's like yo, I told my story, and then they understood. It's like oh, it don't it don't sound that bad on the outside looking in. A father, I married five kids, four baby mothers, like different different situations going on, and yeah, it didn't feel it didn't sound good on paper, right, right. But then as you get deeper, and I started to explain. Like, oh, okay. I, I, I see. I see. I see what it is. And it was never even to the point of bashing the other parties. It was like, yo, I'm taking full responsibility, full accountability. This is what I did. This is what I did to lead to this space. And I just almost looked at him. I say, like a kickstand. So you know, people would look at the way you're sharing this as manipulation. Hmm. Okay. So it's like. You're telling these women these stories of who you were, what, yep. what happened, all yep. types of stuff. And it's like, now that you're sharing the story, yep. it can be looked at as manipulative. Yeah. Because in my head, I'm thinking, it's low-key manipulation. So I look at, manip- I got manipulation and influence. Right? Okay. Manipulation is your agenda when communicating. Mm-hmm. Influence is their agenda. Every time, for real, for real, every time that I would even speak my story... It really wasn't for somebody to be like, oh, poor you. Because, mm. again, remember I told you it was straight up accountability. Straight right. up, this is what I'm doing. This is Like, I'm putting it on me first. Yeah. Right? It was to show that, okay, 
these are some of the qualities that I can bring to help you, whether it is our relationship, whether it is, look, the, the situations that I even got in with the women, maybe they just needed somebody to talk to. Maybe they just needed uh, somebody spiritually. Maybe they just needed somebody, you know what I'm saying, on the physical side. You know what I'm saying? I became that. Now, that is one of my issues that I found also. Mm-hmm. In that space, I didn't know the true me. I was, now that's manipulation. I was who I needed, no, I was who they needed me to be in that time. You were who they needed you to be. Yeah, almost like a chameleon. So you adapt to. I was adapting. Every woman is like, okay, cool, you need me to be, if she got kids, step uh, daddy i'm gonna be daddy yep if she needs you know a financial situation taken care of i'm gonna be if the i had it I, if yep, I got it. yep got you okay so yep. you're adapting to all these various women that you're dealing with yep. and out of the variations that's happened it's like a child comes out of it yep yeah so what do you what do you say to men who are in this same type of situation yeah you know what do you say to them because so you've been through yeah, it you've experienced yeah, yeah. it you've overcome it yeah right yeah, one is this is a, a constant, a constant journey mm-hmm. that you be on, right? And in that that consistency of this journey, first and foremost, you gotta get help to talk about where this stems from. Mm-hmm. Always talk about. Um, matter of fact, you got on shorts. You got any scars on your knees? Yep, right there. When did that happen? Uh, probably as a kid, some house I got one that's right here. I was out back uh, my mom's house and she had a garden and I fell and that thing got to the white meat. It was like a bowl. The blood opened up. Now, too much. I know, right? As as we get older though, I got I got scratched before. Them joints heal. Yeah. Well, those childhood scars, they will be with me to death. Mm. Right? And so those same things happen with our mental scars that happen as a child. They will be with you to death. And the ones that we deal with now, they heal like nothing, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, they heal. But them old ones, and you got to get with somebody to figure out where that thing stems from. Absolutely. And so to tell somebody or a man who's going through that, it's like, yo, we got to figure out, first off, where is that baggage lie? Right? Because we got to figure out, like literally, I have it on my, on my phone right in the front. Successful people versus unsuccessful people. What happens is with successful people, what they do is the release work first. I mean that we have to release the baggage. We have to let go of the stuff yeah. before we can even move or do anything, right? So after release work, we then set a goal, right? So we got release work, we got goal, and then after that we have, now we take action, and then we focus. Well, unsuccessful people, myself, most of my life, okay, we work the exact opposite. No, this is during NLP. This oh. is one of my, the trainers that I did also, though. That's dope. But I keep it. Unsuccessful people, they work the exact opposite. First off, they try to focus. Right. It's like, okay, I'm going to focus because I got to get this thing right. I got to put all my energy into this thing. Then they try to set the goal. Right? Then, no, I'm sorry. Then they try to put forth action before setting the goal. Mm-hmm. They put forth an act. Okay, I need to do something to try to fix this. I already focused on it. Now they do something to try to fix it. Then they set the goal. By then, now they're trying to do their release work. Nah, if you don't release the baggage first, it's almost like trying to get onto a plane and you running late. You got too many bags. If you ain't checked them bags, you're gonna be you oh. literally gonna be late. Or you're gonna need what? Somebody to help you. Mm-hmm. Somebody to help you pull those bags or what have you. But if you can't do that, okay, you know what? Some of this stuff ain't gonna go with me on the plane. Right. 
I'm going to have to leave it. I see people in the airport right now because their baggage is too much. They are pound over. And what they're doing? They're throwing away. Yep. Or they're trying to consolidate. Let me move it over here. Or it's like, okay, you know what? I can't even take this. Is it worth me taking it with me on this journey? Mm-hmm. So let me, let, me, let me release it. Let me let it go because it's not worth where I'm going. Right. So what I'm going to tell a man or somebody in that space, definitely my men, is we got to first figure out where that thing stems from and we got to release it. So now, where do you believe? Mm-hmm. Pause real quick. Where yep. do you believe yours stem from? couple things. Um, one of the major keys have been that between the ages of 8 and 11, I was part of uh, molestation with two women, two specific women. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the problem it became is because... And I learned this in therapy. Um, I didn't know it was wrong, mm-hmm. right? These were my mom's best friend's daughters, um, were older, much older. Um, they were supposedly babysitting my brother and me. And, on, and, and a caveat actually is I'm talking about it too, and I talked about it with my therapist. Also had resentment with my brother because. He didn't go through the same things that I went through. Even though he was there in that yeah, vicinity, yeah, yeah. he didn't go through. I used to think that my resentment that I had with him was because uh, I was a nerd in high school. And in and, and ninth grade, I was I was like this this geek. But I worked my way up. And by the time 11th grade came, I'm Jose. Or actually, my government is Joseph. I'm Joe. Hmm. And when he came in when I was in 11th grade, oh, he Joe brother. And so he was able to kind of piggyback off of me. Off of my name And I thought that resentment was there But as uh, I started talking to my therapist it was The resentment already, that I had is that Yo there. you're there with me mm-hmm. And I guess maybe you're too young right? And they're treating you like an angel And they ain't messing with you but they mess with me And the crazy part is I've done songs about it you know in the music industry I've joked about it the way society Looked at it you know what I'm saying There's, there's jokes even like the teachers who ever had kids With their, with their student, one of their male students yeah. And they're like oh where was them teachers at When I was you know coming up You know what I'm saying yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. jokes about it And I would joke about it But then as I noticed later on I'm like yo there's a common There's a common situation And I didn't have The resources for Talking to somebody you know you talk to somebody At church and they like, pray it away mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying that didn't That didn't work For sure it had to get to the point where you getting deep and I'm still going deep. You know what I'm saying? Trying to understand uh, me while I and then also being unconscious due to reprogramming, but then also be conscious when I'm recognizing what's in front of me. Um, so the answer is, what do I tell the dudes? Like, yo, you got to talk to somebody, somebody who's not responsible, but accountable for you. Yeah. Right. They're accountable for as far as your growth. Do I believe that potentially could be maybe a spouse or something? Not really, because sometimes that familiarity, what they say, familiarity breeds contempt. Mm-hmm. That rapport that you have with somebody, they might be too close to you and to right, that thing. Right. right. You need somebody kind of on the outside looking in who could kind of take and extract and take those things. Like I, even myself, I went through three therapists. One of them I thought, I was like, you know what, I want somebody who's just the total opposite of me. It was mm-hmm. a younger Caucasian woman and I just like ah but because of because of certain things we're doing virtual because of certain things I was just like oh I'm not feeling any type of growth yeah there's no exercises there's no 
Then I had another young lady, and I was like, all right, let me go to my, my, my black woman. Let me get them. And I told her what I was dealing with. She's like, look, I don't even help with that. So we need to find somebody else. I was like, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you. Then I got one, and I'm with her now. And um, she's working on, like, different exercises to kind of get out of that. Um, and there's, there's still things that I have to address with other people mm-hmm. right now. Um, to be honest with you, even one of them is one of the young ladies who still I see her on Facebook probably once a month. Oh, yeah, she in Maryland, and a couple times I thought about like pulling up to her at her Planet Fitness. She was like, "Oh, I'm working out today." I was like, "Let me pull up, talk to my boys. Your boys do will not help you. That's another thing. Your boys will not help you. They're gonna make jokes yeah, or what yeah. have you. There's some boys who gonna be like, "Yo, I got you, whatever, whatever." But for the most part. Yo, my boys making jokes talking about, well, you already hit it. You might as well go ahead and hit it again. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it. For yeah, real, I was yeah. like, she ain't look that bad. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She ain't 50, 55. Like, she ain't bad. I'm like, hmm. But then I was like, that's not what you need or what you want. Right. I remember even one time I even reached out to her, hit her in the inbox. And I said, um, hey, yeah, I saw you at the event that my daughter was, was uh, singing at. And I noticed you hugged everybody else, but you ain't hugged me. Da, 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 da. I was like, all right, cool. I knew she knew. Yeah. Some, what? We're talking about 30 plus, 32 years ago. We were, you know what I'm saying? 30, 32 years ago. I knew she knew that she was wrong. And she was like, oh, you're, the, you're like the brother I never had. And sent me this whole soliloquy to my, your mom, I love her. Da, 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 da. And I think I made it worse. I don't know what I wanted out of that interaction. But I believe in my heart of hearts that that thing made it worse only because I didn't know what I wanted. I don't know if I want an apology. I don't know if I wanted her to accept it. I don't know if I wanted her to uh, initialize that conversation. I didn't know what healing looked like. Right. And so I would say for anybody, too, sometimes we're trying to reach out for for healing from the person who hurt us. Mm. But it don't like it, yes, it's their fault for what they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's our responsibility for the work. Absolutely. And I'm doing a lot of work for something that happened 32 years ago. So how do you feel about having to do the work of a pain that somebody else inflicted on you? I mean, sometimes there's a high level of resentment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like yo. See again, I could place blame. Yeah. I'm already. That's where my mind was going. But at the same time, the Holy Spirit was like, "Nah, it's still you." So what I was going to that that quick instance, I was literally about to say, "Still you." What do you mean? It's still me who's responsible and accountable, right? So my thought, first thought process was, "How do I feel?" I feel like because you did this to me, it caused this trifecta of problems and pain in my life that generated these situations with the kids and everything like that yeah yeah and the mother and the broken homes and things of that nature okay okay but again that what she did is what she did or what they did is what they did because i can't take full yeah it's both of y'all but what i did is what i did Mm -hmm. so the pain, the 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 issues as far as with the women that I was dealing with, the 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 broken homes, the not being there, the lack of money, the courts, all that stuff started with me. It was the actions that I put in. Mm. So while the first thing I, you ask is like, how would I feel? Yeah, I'm hurt, and then I feel like you're the blame for this, but then I'm the blame. I'm the one who did all of this. I'm the one who 
who caused the problems because again it's almost like okay let's say if it was a situation with one of the women i was dealing with they can't blame oh girl they're like no 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 you did that this was the action you put in place so do i also feel like sad and disheartened yes but at the same time i do believe the person i am now i'm happy who i am mm. so a lot of times people are like yo what would you tell the old jose that the wild part i would tell the old jose put more focus more on the faith i would tell the old jose um it's going to get better but would i change anything nope so you said to focus on the faith yeah put more faith in because what happens is i noticed at any time that i made sure i focus on the faith a lot of things didn't matter faith kind of puts things in perspective for sure you know what i'm saying it really puts things in perspective i'll be honest with you um prior to even my daughter passing you know how you feel certain things is just like yo the end of the world but looking back i'm like yo after having my daughter i would give anything to have her back like give me 10 times that that yeah, that yeah. thing you know what i'm saying like it puts things in perspective and it could still be even worse i use that as a perfect perfect example there's a gentleman i went to uh work i work with and um they had they had a miracle baby son was what two or three years old and they you know getting him ready for school brushing his hair getting the lunch putting it on the backpack or whatever took him off to the daycare well his son actually went out back one day at the daycare went to go get a ball and he fell in three inches of water and he passed away three inches three inches of water it was in the little kiddie pool so he was getting the ball fell in the kiddie pool passed away and so reason why i tell that story is he don't even know that his story helped me in mine mm, okay you see my my daughter once i found out because that's another story within itself once i found out that she had cancer yeah you kind of at back of your mind no you can have faith be that prayer we do all these different things but you know in the back of your mind you kind of you yep. but can you imagine getting your son together your your miracle baby and taking him off at the daycare and that was the last time that you see him yeah that right there it give me solace like okay yeah it could be worse and and i do hate that when people say oh it could be worse so this is me talking to me but it could be worse it could be in a different space. So every day that I wake up, my my prayer is, God, what do you need for me? Right? What can I do in this space to, to help people in the space where you need me to be? And then I pray that your perfect will be done. Like, what are my steps? Give me the strength as far as to walk it, your perfect will. Then I follow up with, yo, my kids are healthy. They're alive. They're, they're here. They're sand like the even the smallest portion of health yeah because of what i went through so then there's almost to a point where it's like yo these small little situations that we deal with it's just that they small and i'll be like oh okay i'll brush it off now i can't say one thing i learned also again i'm in i'm in learning more about me every day there was a point where I had my daughter's death on my phone, right? I had the actual day. I had December 8th, 2014 on my phone. 
And that my original thought process was there would never be another date worse than this. So whatever I'm dealing with, all I got to do is look. But then as I noticed, I was like, yo, I'm glorifying her death. Mm. I'm not celebrating her life. Matter of fact, I'm not even celebrating the lives of my other kids. I'm celebrating her dying. So I'm celebrating this negative space in my life. And then what happens is it became almost like a tattoo or it became a brand of me that I wasn't speaking on. This was one of those internal brands. Yeah. And then after I started learning, like, yo, yo, you got a victim mindset. Like you're literally, while you think that you're going to get over certain situations by looking at this saying, oh, it can never get as worse than this. You are a victim. You are in a space of woe as me, even if you're not woe as me to other people. Because, again, I don't talk a lot about it. I, I mentioned and keep moving. But you're still in a woe as me victim mindset. That's why it says no victim statements. Mm-hmm. Like there's too many excuses, whether we're telling ourselves to ourselves we're telling to other people why we can't do certain things. Like we got too many excuses that we come up with in our mind or we speak out with our mouth that is unacceptable. Right. And that's what I was doing. And I was like, nah, change behavior, change behavior. You know what I'm saying? Because I was resting. I was resting who Jose was on on her death. And I was like, nah, that's not going to work no more. Again, this is a constant thing constant thing that you like yo i need to learn who i am to be able to impact those and leave this world better than when i got here yeah you know what i'm saying so yeah that's how <laughs> i know we this nah, is what we do here yeah, yeah for sure you already know <laughs> you, already you know? know we tell it all here yeah so now that you're doing the work how does it feel feels amazing um it's It's one of those things where it's almost like a treasure hunt. Mm. You will never get that the big pot of gold or the jackpot. But on the way, you get a couple gold nuggets. You, you get the little, it's like Sonic. You get the rings. They be like, bling, 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 yeah, bling, yeah. bling. And so I'm learning new stuff. And I'm like, okay, yes, yes. Because one of the things, even in I'm studying, the most successful people, success don't just mean money. The most successful people are the ones who are the most self-aware. Absolutely. Right. And so as I become more self-aware, I know I'm getting closer to and I'm successful now. Right. But I know there's on the other side of maybe this other barrier or this baggage or this this wall, there's another level of success. And then I'm like, oh, I'm excited. Let me let me get to the other one. Right. So I'm always big on having now these conversations. That's why now it's like all right, time to do the book. I was waiting. I was and don't get me wrong, because there are real people involved, I was like, all right, cool. I don't want to put it out just yet. But it's like, yo, you tell your story. But at the same time, make sure that your perspective is true to you, but then also honest where it's not making you what? The superhero, like I said. For sure. Because we get in the space all the time like, yo, oh, yeah, you perfect. You did Nah, nah, nah. I promise you, I was not. Right? But we are faced every day with decisions to say okay we're going to do the right way or we're going to do the wrong way the right way we're going to do the wrong way once we understand why how our mind works it becomes easier to make those right decisions Mm -hmm. even if it might turn bad for you you can sleep better uh, sleep at night you know what i'm saying i sleep like a baby at night 
because I know every person I come in contact with, I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Like I use a perfect example. Nah, I ain't gonna talk about it. Let me take it back to Verizon. I got stories, right? There was people who would try to play catch up with me in regards to sales, but they would do it unethically, mm. right? And that means that if you're doing it unethically, it could affect the the clients, the customers' credit, their payment, whatever. Like it could affect their lives. Absolutely, right? And so what happens is when HR or uh, internal affairs or what have you walk through, and they could be just coming in to put up something or just come to see the crew oh they antsy they feeling a certain way like and my neck's on the chopping block or like they they start talking like yo why they here what's going on like, what are you worried for oh i don't know i'm just making sure and see what happens is now they're thinking they always say sometimes a uh uh a hit dog gonna bark i knew that i was good i'm coming up hey how you doing da, 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 da. i felt good about life because i knew that i was doing everything right so it was never a problem same thing in regards to business relationships. Same thing in regards to relationships. Same thing in regards to every person I come in contact with. I know I'm doing right by them. So there's never going to be a problem. I'm always going to sleep good at night. Right. And I use that as an example only because recently I had a person in business who hit me up because they thought one of my posts was about them. I'm like, well, first off, a lot of times I might write my posts while I'm on the toilet, while I'm driving, while I'm in the shower, and I send them to myself prior to it, and then I'll go through and actually just copy-paste my own drink based off of a time, and then I post it three to five times a day. I'm not thinking about you. Matter of fact, on the list, you're like a 1,000. Yeah. But literally hit me up and was like, yo, if you want to be Twitter fingers and you want to be that, oh, so you did something wrong. Mm. Oh, Okay, you you not sleeping well at night. Yeah. And I use all that to say because it happened again last night. Dang. I don't entertain that stuff. And, right, exactly. I hung up. I'm thinking we talking about business. I'm like, yo, what up? Da, 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 da. And long story less long, I was like, yo, first and foremost, I've always caped for you as an individual. I've always did these certain things. And for you to come at me, that's that's insanity for sure you know what i'm saying yeah so obviously that means that you're looking at yourself in the mirror for something that you did yep i said you know what we're gonna do we're gonna do this and i hung up <laughs> but i say all that to say you sleep good at night when you're when you're true you're authentic and you want like no malice for anybody mm -hmm. like Truly, every interaction I need to pour in. Every interaction I need to leave it better. Every interaction I need to be remembered. Every interaction there has to be the light of God that shows through me in that in that interaction. It has to be something, a spark or something I have to lead. There has to be a seed. And if I'm planting on fertile ground, infertile ground, unfertile, I don't know the word. I could be planting in pools. I could be planting on parking lots. One of those seeds gonna blossom, and it ain't even my goal, or it's not even my job to figure out when it's gonna harvest. For That's sure. the God. All I gotta do is do what I'm being obedient to, and plant the seeds. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Because I've planted some negative seeds, which, they, you know, it's something I'm still in the garden pulling them up. Yeah, yeah. I'm still, I'm still pulling those those weeds up. I'm still uprooting those joints, and they still, you know, a couple of them coming back. But I promise you, by the time I leave this joint, oh yeah, we're gonna have a nice little. Uh, uh, paradise, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I'm gonna make sure of it. I'm gonna make sure. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. So you know, you know, yeah, if you yeah, think yeah. about any time we've had an interaction, you're like, oh, that's where it come from. Mm -hmm. Like, 
It just makes more sense. Yeah, it's it makes literally what it is. That's the the true essence of who Joseph Harris Bennett II is. And while it might be, yes, the brand, feature Jose, Jose, black dude with a Spanish name, all that, the true DNA, though, that true DNA is somebody who's going overtly try to make sure you're walking with integrity mm-hmm. and also walking with purpose and helping people make sure that they find their purpose at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate you, my brother. <laughs> no more questions? That's how nah, we do it. Was, I mean, <laughs> you made it easy. I, there's like, there's some people like I have to you get a pulse of out of yeah. Them. yeah, 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 yeah. But for you, you made it easy to where you just came. We got to do a part two. You laid it. <laughs> we got to. How much time we got? Uh, yeah, I we go, I don't want to go Let's just say we go. We'll be back for we, part two. Yeah, we definitely going to do a part two. Part two for yeah. sure. But yeah. you made it like some people make it easy because they're ready to just tell. Yeah. Uh-huh. And there are some people who just like they're ready, but not a thousand percent ready. Yeah. But they're just ready to just get, get their process started in podcasting yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know, and sharing their story, man. But you yeah. just made it easy because it's like with question, you allow for your story to go deeper yeah you know like you said deeper than the brand like you know yeah ours i feel like you said like you said i feel like our stories are deeper than who we put on for the world yep. to see yep and i feel like our stories are you know once it sets us free mm-hmm. it sets others free and this podcast will live on to free up individuals who are going to go through the same exact thing that you've gone through man years down the road yeah so like i said you made it easy to podcast today for sure yeah you know? I, and just to add it could be somebody listening, somebody watching, mm-hmm. right? Your story, how you got through it, again, is life or death for somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Like, for real. Yeah, they're saving lives. There's somebody who hasn't even gone through it yet who yep. will. Yep. Right now, they could be in school. Right now, they, they could be in college. Right now, they could be a baby. They could be at the daycare. They could be somewhere. They could be riding a bus. Right now, they're doing life. Mm-hmm. But they're going to walk into something, and your story is going to be able to help them get through it. Absolutely. It could be child abuse. It could be domestic violence. It could be uh, verbal abuse, physical. It could be all these different things. It could be bullying at school. It could be, it could be uh, spiritual bullying, things people going through as far as the church. Like, it could be so many things. If you don't share it and how you got through it mm-hmm. and give the blueprint, you're doing a disservice and you're being selfish. Absolutely. Like, truly. No, I agree. You're being selfish. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm going to do a quick commercial, my brother. Yeah. I want you to close this out. Yep. Uh, let them know where they can find you again. And then yep. just leave, leave us something powerful, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this episode is sponsored by the Emboldened Institute. It's the only space that sends out daily words of encouragement and affirmation. You can text me 404-476-6780. That's 404-476-6780. I will text you every day around 9 and 10 a.m. daily, seven days a week, 365, 365 days a year of sending you affirmations after affirmation after affirmation and sending you positive words after positive words. So just text me the word affirmation to 404-476-6780 or the word heal to 404-476-6780 or text them both back simultaneously to get on both lists. And we are here free of charge, nothing to you. Uh, might start charging for it, but don't not thousand percent <laughs> sure just yet, but get on the list while it's free and uh, you'll be grandfathered in. Jose, close it up, my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just got back from Mexico. Oh, yeah. Um, speaking. 
had to follow up as far as with the good Dr. Eric Thomas. Mm-hmm. So I spoke right behind him. Ooh. And at first I was nervous. I was nervous, like, yo, I was like, there's speakers. And even though I'm not a speaker, I'm a communicator, I'm a teacher, facilitator. But there's speakers who would give their left arm to, to do what I was able to do. Absolutely. And at the same time, I was like, come behind the goat. How am I going to do that? But I was true and authentic to being who I was. Mm. And the first thing, though, I did while I was in the back, though, prepping, was praying. And the Holy Spirit told me it was called Phenomenal Life. And I was like, the Holy Spirit said, there's people out here who are sitting on something phenomenal. They're sitting on something phenomenal. I want you to imagine if you have your hands and you're just sitting on them. What you, you can't reach for nothing. You can't give anything. Right? So maybe it is that book. Maybe it is you starting that podcast. Maybe it is your ebook. Maybe it's your course, your program. Or maybe it is you first, let's take your Instagram off private. Maybe it's to a point where you're like, okay, I'm supposed to be finishing something that I started. But you keep waiting until, okay, Monday I'm going to do it. Maybe it's working out. Maybe it's saying, oh, I'm going to wait till my birthday. I'm going to wait till next quarter. I'm going to wait till the beginning of the year. I'm going to wait till the end of the year. I'm going to wait till Black Friday. And you keep praying for God. Give me a sign. Look, this is that sign. This is that sign. You're, You're sitting on something phenomenal. And it's all tied into who you are as a person, tied to who you are as a brand. What I want you to do is, first off, stop waiting on perfection because perfection is just another word for procrastination. Mm. What I want you to do is stop making excuses because an excuse is just a sophisticated lie. And who are you lying to? Me, you, or both of us? You're sitting on something phenomenal. It is better in the hands of your community and your tribe than it is sitting in your head or on your hard drive. I need Mm -hmm. you to stop playing. I need you to do. I need you to at least take the first steps. Yeah, we're trying to get to the top, the, the, the top of the, uh, the flight of stairs. But to get to the top, we got to take the first step. All I'm asking right now is under the sound of my voice and watching this podcast or watching this. I don't care when you're listening to it. I need you to take that first step. And for those who have taken that first step, I need you to take the next step. I'm Jose, black dude with a Spanish name. You can catch me on IG at featuring underscore Jose. Catch me at deeperthanthebrand.com. Or for my people who like, look, I want to take my brand and my course to another level, gotcourse.com. And let's get it. Let's get it. Well, it gets no better than that. We are out. That's another episode. Peace.